Welcome to Let's Be Real, a New Economy Project podcast. I'm Julia Durante Martinez, and I'll be your guest host. This episode is about the power of tenant organizing and a campaign fighting for housing justice for New Yorkers from Buffalo to Brooklyn. Like many states, New York is in the midst of a severe housing crisis. At least 89,000 people statewide are homeless, and 47% of tenants pay more than 30% of their monthly income in rent. In the face of this crisis, a diverse coalition of tenants and people experiencing homelessness throughout New York State came together to form the Housing Justice for All campaign to fight for tenant protections, an end to evictions, and an end to homelessness statewide. Despite fierce opposition from real estate interests, the campaign won a historic victory for New York tenants in June 2019. Most of the demands, including permanent rent regulations, a cap on loopholes long exploited by landlords, and expansion of tenant protections to the entire state, were signed into law. To highlight how organizers built tenant power for this incredible campaign, building by building and block by block, we turned to Housing Justice for All Coordinating Committee member, the Northwest Bronx Community and Clergy Coalition. Located in the Kingsbridge Heights neighborhood of the Bronx, the Northwest Bronx Community and Clergy Coalition has a long history of tenant and intergenerational community organizing. The organization was founded during the 1970s when faith-based groups, students, and community members came together to fight back against abusive landlords and rebuild their neighborhoods in the wake of redlining and disinvestment. We spoke with one of their tenant leaders, Dominga Pajano, just before New York's new tenant protections were signed into law, on how she got involved in community organizing and the Housing Justice for All campaign, her vision for housing justice in the Bronx, and what's to come. Like many tenant leaders, Dominga's experience as an organizer began with her own building. For example, he didn't maintain the building outside or inside. The door didn't work, the mailboxes didn't work. There wasn't heat, and sometimes we didn't have water for two or three days at a time. And the elevator was broken, too. But then I found out about this organization when they went to do their outreach in my building. I liked their platform, and we decided to organize our building because it was in really bad shape. But after I joined this organization, everything changed. Everything changed. We went to the first meeting. Then all of the tenants there, and there were a lot of us, about 30 of us that first day, proposed having floor captains, so that got started. From there, we started to meet regularly and go after the landlord. We started to demand repairs, both outside and interior repairs. We made a list of all of the apartments and all the repairs they needed. We demanded letters and correspondence in writing, we did a boycott, and we were successful. In the end, he fixed everything. Since then, I've stayed with them and I've continued to support them. I can't leave just because my building is okay now. No, we keep fighting because we have a lot to improve, a lot of other things, and a lot more apartments here in the Bronx. The struggle isn't just my building, it's for all the buildings in our community. She went on to acknowledge the place of Northwest Bronx in the long tradition of community and tenant organizing present in the borough. I know that this is a struggle that's been going on for years, that's been passed from generation to generation. The Bronx has had these problems of evictions and discrimination for the last 20 or 30 years. I've only been involved for a little, but I do know that this struggle has a long history that goes back many years. Domingo went on to outline some of the demands made by the Housing Justice for All campaign. We're fighting for a lot of things. Primarily, this is based on our struggle as tenants. We have the right to dignified living conditions in our apartments. Many of us don't know that, 
So this has opened doors for us. We also have a right to counsel to go to court, which we didn't have before. Before, when he went to housing court and landlords took their lawyers, we had to go alone. Now we also have that right. Now that is another form of support for us that has helped us a lot. And landlords are abusive. They're claiming MCIs, vacancy bonuses, and preferential rents, which affects us all. The only ones who benefit are the landlords, because they say that MCIs are necessary. But then what they're actually doing is hiding behind MCIs and buying buildings. So that doesn't benefit us. They say it's for our own good, but that's a lie. It's to benefit them, since property owners who get loans to make repairs don't ever make them. So they're the ones who benefit, and we're the ones stuck with apartments in terrible condition, like always. While Dominga has been steeped in the housing justice jargon for months, we know our listeners might not be. MCIs are major capital improvements, a loophole that allowed landlords to pass the costs of major building improvements along to tenants in the form of increased rent, with very little oversight. Vacancy bonuses allowed landlords to raise rents up to 20% every time they signed a new tenant to a unit, which incentivized quick tenant turnover and evictions. Preferential rents refer to rents charged that are lower than the legal regulated rent, on the condition that they can be raised when the lease expires. In practice, this rule had the effect of creating sudden, large rent hikes for tenants at lease renewal, forcing them to move. But Domingo went on to emphasize the fight for one of the more politically difficult demands of the campaign, that landlords must have a valid reason for evicting a tenant, also known as just cause. For example, you can't just evict someone because you don't like them. It has to be that they aren't paying rent or something like that. That's really justified in order to evict us. And with that, we also have a right to more time, not having to leave whenever they want, like giving us two days notice and then locking us out. Not like before, where they'd put up a sign that said you have three days to get out and you have to leave. No, we have counsel now in housing court and a judge, and we talk it out and arrive at a solution. But it's also the struggle that won us that. With so much at stake, we asked Domingo what were some of the biggest challenges faced by the campaign in their pursuit of justice. I think that the biggest challenge has been the deep connections between real estate and politicians who have sold out to them. That has been the biggest challenge for us. Many of the politicians haven't supported us or joined our campaign because they take orders from rich people and turn their backs on us. But we've kept going and we're here in this struggle still. The biggest challenge for us is trying to divide and conquer them and bring them to our side. And we're starting to do it. We're starting to get support from our electeds and saying to them, listen, we're here, we're your community, you have to support us. And if not, you're out. And while the campaign has made strides, she knows there are still bigger fights ahead as the city attempts to rezone neighborhoods all over New York. We have to keep fighting for everything. The struggle continues because there are a lot of things to improve. Right now we're fighting against the Jerome Avenue rezoning, which would displace a lot of people. So we're also fighting that. We're worried about all the rezonings, but especially on Jerome Avenue, because all the businesses there will disappear. And the buildings there will supposedly be for poor people, for low-income people, but that's not true. They've done this in other places, and the rent they charge is expensive. So that affects us because the apartments they're going to build which are supposedly for us, aren't going to be for us. They're going to be for new people with money. And they're trying to fool us with that, but they're not going to give them to us. And also those businesses, which are owned by poor people who have had to work their way up and are finally stabilizing themselves, where are they going to go? 
Where are they supposed to go? There's a lot of them. It's a long block, a very large block. With so much to organize against, we asked Domingo what she was fighting for, what she wanted to see in her Bronx. I'd like to see my community happy. I'd like to see the next generation in my community living in peace, with good education for the children, good schools, good apartments, decent housing, and that there's progress for our community together. I want us to have good buildings, businesses, and again, better education, which is the most fundamental thing, so our youth have a better future. With this vision in mind, and through persistent organizing, Northwest Bronx has achieved serious gains. We've gotten elected officials who weren't initially supportive to support us. Now they're on our side, and that's an achievement. We've also been able to bring the community together more. It's more united, more human, more organized. Our community is stronger, and now there isn't as much vandalism or crime. That's important because it's helped our community. That's a big achievement. The only thing is that a lot of the time they're not for us, but we're fighting so that they will be for us. Because we're from here and we're not leaving. Where are they going to put us? We don't know, but we're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. We are here to stay no matter what. We're not leaving. The Bronx is ours and we're here to stay. Thanks for tuning in. This interview was recorded just before New York's new tenant protections were signed into law. Dominga's story of organizing to take back her building and the Bronx, of a right to housing and a right to stay, highlights key lessons as we gear up for fights ahead. The ongoing campaign for universal rent control and just cause eviction stabilizes tenants in their homes and communities. Beyond that, these protections embolden tenants to stand up to landlords and developers and push back against the premise of housing for profit. This organizing lays important groundwork for transformative models of community land ownership and social housing, including community land trusts, cooperatives, and robust public housing. Follow the Housing Justice for All campaign and Northwest Bronx Community and Clergy Coalition on Twitter, at HousingForAllNY, and at Northwest Bronx for up-to-date information on how to take action for housing justice. You can also visit our website, neweconomynyc.org slash let's be real. Thanks again, and see you next time.